With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody, I'm talking to you. We're out here to support the legalization of marijuana. Join the fight. Help us get legislation up so we can get some affirmandums to into the Senate to help us, uh, you know, get marijuana legal. These individuals were not targeted by name. This is not the point. by name, but by, by religion, were they not? Well, John, I, the, there were people other than just Jews who were in that, that deli. At about 12.30 p.m., someone discovered a bomb print written on a bathroom wall at North Hall High School. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. Name something a doctor might pull out of a person. Darcy. A gerbil. Girlfriend, I want to party with you. Good morning, it's 9.05 on News Radio 1067. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, and star of the show, renowned spoiler of women. And yet, I will confess at 844-404-1067, and I need your help with this, particularly ladies or guys who have fallen victim to it. We've all heard of the big chicken, right? Absolutely. You ever heard of the engagement chicken? This is brand new to me. ABC News had a feature on it this morning, and it's been around for a decade now. As you know, Valentine's Day is this Saturday. Cherry's Berries, by the way, berries.com. Saturday, engagement. And and, um, uh, I was was talking to some people in the newsroom whose name I will not use, but whose initials are Brett, about what is the minimum you can do as a guy on Valentine's Day to still like touch the bases, you know. So you got to you got to do your Valentine's Day duty because he wants to know what the bare minimum is, and that is a good question about what have you covered. I will just tell you guys the little handmade coupon book of one free back rub and whatever. I ain't gonna cut it. That's not not gonna get it done. Um, but a lot of guys use Valentine's Day for the day to pop the big question. And uh, to mention some more friends of mine, D. Geller and Son, they are big on this, and it's a big, you know, it's a big thing to do. But he, th- so, so, apparently, though, there is a scenario out there. There are, uh, and you can read about this. I post about it on the Michael Graham blog, so you can see it for yourself. So you can see that I'm not making this up. There are women who are very frustrated that the man in their life has not stepped up and popped the big question. He. You know, she's sitting there with her biological clock ticking so loudly the people on the MARTA train next to her can hear it. He continues to enjoy the dairy products from the cow without purchasing the bovine. And she's trying to figure out how she can get him to evacuate or get up off the toiletry item. And so, believe it or not, there is a system. Glamour magazine wrote about this in 2003, I think was the first year, 2004. It's been about 10 years. It's called, ladies, the engagement chicken. It all started with a roast chicken recipe one of our fashion editors had. She gave the recipe to her assistant, who made it for her boyfriend, who promptly dropped to his knee and proposed to her. 
three more women around the office used it after that, and they all got engaged. Glamour published the recipe in 2004 and began getting letters, lots of letters, from California to Iowa to Florida. There have been lots and lots of happy weddings and even some engagement chicken nuggets. Okay, so chicken engagement chicken nuggets are babies from this. So the, apparently, ladies, you have a recipe that you've been holding out on me that you use when you want to get your man to ask you to marry him. You make him homemade chicken with this homemade chicken recipe, and then he's so overcome by feelings of home and hearth and whatever that he drops to his knee. Is this real? So I guess the first question I want to ask is at 844-404-1067. Am I the last person in America to hear about the engagement chicken? Because I've never heard of this. I, I have to. And so having you know, researched the topic, because believe it or not, it takes me hours of preparation to sound as uninformed as I do every morning. Apparently, ladies, you have all kinds of strategies up your sleeves to get guys who are reluctant or, let's face it, most guys are just too clueless. They're, they're, oh, oh, okay, yeah, here you go, with your ring. Hey. You have these strategies, these tricks that involve food and candy and placement and trips. You take them places or family meetings and stuff. I, I, I don't know. I, it's just, it, it is so hard to be a woman. You, but you have these tricks and, stri- and strategies up your sleeve to get guys to pull the trigger. Is that true? And so what I'm hoping that throughout the morning we can get you to do is get you to share your version of the engagement chicken. Whether you have an engagement chicken or maybe you have an engagement rib roast or an engagement place or an engagement or some other subterfuge, I'd like to hear about it. And a little bit later in the morning, I'm going to share with you, ladies, the number one guaranteed way to get your guy to pop the big question if it is poppable. I mean, he may just not be, it doesn't happen. But if it, there's a good old-fashioned strategy that, as far as I know, in the human history works every single time. And that's coming up at 844-404-1067. You can read about the engagement chicken on my blog at michaelgram.com. You can also, uh, we're going to play some audio for you today explaining why we need the Crusader wager. Did you... Have you seen the video of the White House spokesperson and the State Department spokesperson just humiliating themselves, trying to not admit what everyone knew about the attack on the kosher deli in Paris, which, of course, it was a target. Of course it was. No, no, no. no. It's excruciating. I also want to uh, make sure that we cover today uh, uh, the murder, the horrible murder of three Muslim students in North Carolina because my Twitter feed has had quite a few people who are, you know, jumping up on the Crusader wager. If you know what the Crusader wager is, it's also on my blog, just to see right there. Um, saying, oh, Michael, this shows what you're talking about, huh? Well, actually, no. I've got the details on that. And, and it is a holy crap story. It just I, I, I'll read it to you. You'll be just going, what the heck? This is so, it's not just horrific and tragic, but it's also incredibly weird. So we've got that coming up on the show. And... Uh, for years, people have the this conversation about obesity in America has included a conversation about holding parents responsible for their children's weight. Uh, some people, for example, like myself, have suggested that EBT cards should be restricted on what you can buy with them so that you can't buy 
sugar smacks and you know uh, soft soft drinks and stuff like that. Just you can you know the EBT has restrictions on it, so you can code it in the computer. So when it swipes, it won't, I'm sorry, ma'am, you know, your double fudge hot chocolate ice cream sundae mocha pie will not be part of your. Hey, the fruits are, the vegetables are, the meats are, the rice is, but just not the crazy little Debbie snack cakes can't do that. What is the number one objection when you suggest restrictions like that? The re- the, re- the rejection is race based. It's not fair. Because black and Hispanic Americans are disproportionately obese and any punishment of parents with obese kids will punish black and Hispanic people. And EBT users are disproportionately obese and therefore that's wrong too. Well, believe it or not, we've got a government that wants to fine you $800. Fine the parents of American citizens $800 for having fat kids. If you want to know why this hasn't been shot down in the name of racism and hate, when I tell you what, where it's been proposed, you'll get your answer. That's all coming up. You know, guys, there's so many, there are so many fights we have with the women in our lives that are unnecessary, but none more so than the fight over the thermostat. And you know what I'm talking about. My dad was this way. Who turned this up to bearable? Well, you can stop having that fight when you stop overpaying for the gas to heat your home. By calling Gas South today and jumping on their 51 cents per therm fixed rate and cut your bill, in many cases, in half. See, if you sign up for one of those variable rates to start, you're super low, low, you know, two cents or whatever, and then, but it's variable. After your initial period ends, you know, it shoots way up. The average uh, uh, variable rate is above a buck per therm. I've got 51 cents per therm for you right now at 855-GAS-SOUTH. So instead of fighting where they're over wrangling over the thermostat a few degrees, you fight over the fun stuff. You know, this kind that ends up in makeup sex. Absolutely. Call 855-GAS-SOUTH today. Stop overpaying for your gas. Plus, you'll get an additional $50 in bill credits when you use the promo code ALLNEWS. 855-GAS-SOUTH. Promo code ALLNEWS. Call today. Michael Graham now. And the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. It's Michael Graham on News Radio 1067. Good morning, it's 919. Uh, yeah, Michael Graham, welcome to the show. We'll also be talking about Brian Williams' six month suspension, which I believe is an attempt by NBC to rescue his brand. I will just say this though six months in television world is an eternity. And so uh, we'll see how that works out. But uh, on the uh, on the table before us here at, at Atlanta's largest diner table, number one, ha- ladies, have you ever heard of the engagement chicken? The magical, mysterious recipe for chicken that when you cook it for your man, he is suddenly inspired to drop to his knee and ask you to be his bride. 844-404-1067. And then we have this... Um, other fascinating story about uh, children and obesity. Oh, 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 and it ties into a, a bigger story. You saw, if you follow me on Twitter, I am M. Graham, or you've been to my Facebook page, you've seen the story. New guidelines are coming out about fat and meat. Why? Because everything you've been told about fat and meat since you were a kid is a lie. All of the, if you eat fat, it will make you, it will give you cholesterol. Totally untrue. Totally bogus, and, and, and don't get me started. It's just so frustrating when the government screws stuff like this up. Totally wrong. Absolutely no danger from eating fat whatsoever. Uh, and uh, what's interesting is 
new guidelines are coming out that contradict completely the guidelines Michelle Obama is using to ruin your kid's lunch. So why are we suffering through that? Uh, but that's we'll get to those guidelines and why fat is your friend coming up here. Because eating fat is not the problem. Being fat is the problem. And it is a problem. And there are health consequences that come from being fat. And America has a major fat problem. And you can argue about the definitions of obesity and what's truly obese or not. All you got to do, go to a Walmart, Walmart, look around, and you'll realize, oh, my God. When I went to uh, see American Sniper, it was at a big multiplex. So, like, there were six or seven movies all in the same place, you know. And I watched people coming in and out. And I just started to, not a count, a survey, but just a, it, it was scary. It was the number of chunky, healthy, as my grandmother would say. She's a healthy girl. Up to fat, obese, holy crap, please don't hurt me on that range. It's terrifying. So what do you do about it? Uh, City of Los Angeles tried to fight it by trying to ban or limit the number of fast food restaurants. It's a waste of time. Uh, Schools have tried to do it by stopping kids from having fundraisers. Waste of time. As I mentioned earlier, an argument has been to try to hold parents responsible, but the counter-argument has always been, well, Michael... If you are black or Hispanic in America, you are disproportionately likely to be obese. This is a, you know, this is hate. This is racist hate. I'm going, no, 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 it's about fat. So here's the story. Legislators are debating a bill that would fine parents of obese children up to $800 if they don't lose weight. The bill's aim is to improve children's well-being. If approved, public school teachers would flag potentially obese children Refer them to a counselor or social worker, depending on the severity. Health department officials would then meet with the parents, determine whether the obesity is a result of bad eating habits or if it's a medical condition. After six months of a diet and exercise program combined with monthly visits, if the child is still obese, the parents would face a fine of between $500 and $800. Uh, and now, does that sound like hate to you? Well, Michael, you know who's going to pay that fine. The poor are going to pay that fine. The uh, People of color are going to pay that fine. Interesting. Because the people proposing this plan, Puerto Rico. The Commonwealth of Puerto Rico, an American territory, is proposing this plan. So obviously, the, well, you know, you're, these restrictions are all about targeting. No, they're not. This is Puerto Rico saying, hey, look around at our fellow kids, Puerto Rican, they're too fat. Too many of them are too fat. We are going to do something. Now, in uh, here in the States, you know what we do is we send home fat letters. Kids are weighed at school. And then we send home a letter with them saying, dear Mr. and Mrs. Johnson, your kid is fat. This is one of the dumbest things you could possibly do. There is nobody who doesn't know that someone is fat. Being fat isn't like drinking or drugs or, you know, a boyfriend, something you can keep secret. You, have, you don't have your secret fat stash hidden under your... Now, everyone knows where your fat is. It's right there on your big fat belly. We can see it, absolutely. There is no... I'm a closet fatty. What do you mean? Well, by day, I look totally thin, but at night, oh my God, I am so fat. No. I was, I was a fat kid. I was not chunky or big-boned. I was fat. I weighed 145 pounds in the fourth grade. I couldn't play on the peewee football team. Oh, more on that coming up later in the show, the attempt to ban tackle peewee football. I wasn't allowed to because they said, you might hurt somebody. You're so fat. So I had to play on the older age group team. When I was in the sixth grade, I weighed 165 pounds. I was fat, fat, fat. And never for one second did my parents not know I was fat 
that never one second did I not know I was fat. The fat letters had no impact whatsoever except for to embarrass and humiliate, in particular, young girls who are more you know, emotionally wrapped up in and have there's more of an emotional impact on them declaring them fat. And so they come home with this letter, your kid's fat, and they feel like crap. But I always ask the same question. So since the fat letters don't work, what are you prepared to do? Are you prepared to do anything? I have what I think is a completely reasonable deal, which is if you're on EBT, you can't buy ridiculously high sugar foods. You just can't buy them. Not with the EBT card. You have to use some other money. We're not going to. We'll buy you fresh chicken. We'll buy you vegetables. We'll buy you, you know, fruit. You have all that good stuff. You'll have plenty to eat. But forget the sugar smacks. Is that a reasonable idea? Eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. Uh, but this is a, uh, 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 to a new level, charging the parents money for having a fat kid. So that's the place to start at 844-404-1067. Should Pat and Simon Graham have been charged 800 bucks for the fact that in the fourth grade I was fat and in the sixth grade I was still fat? Would have it had an impact? And I'll be in my personal course, I'm saying, absolutely. Oh, my God. <laughs> Simon Graham? He wouldn't pay. He wouldn't. You couldn't pry eight dollars out of his hands. He was tighter than Dick's hat band, as my dad likes to say. I mean, he squeezed every penny until poor Mister Lincoln screamed for mercy. If it had been money involved, he'd be Graham, boy, get out there. You're running fifty laps. Get it. Come in here. Have some celery. That's it. My dad would have put me on a Marine Corps regimen to skinny me down if there had been eight hundred bucks lying on the table. So, number one, should fat the parents of fat kids be fined or punished for the fact that their kids are fat, yes or no, 844-404-1067. And if your answer is yes, are you comfortable with this idea of the your kid's teacher ratting your little fatty out and sending them in to, to, uh, to the program? This is a real proposal. Um, uh, real legislators are really debating it. And uh, so I want to know what you think. Well, are you prepared? You, you see fat kids. You see... And who do you see the fat kids trailing behind? Fat parents. So you know that the problem is real. You also know that obese people cost us all more. Now that Obamacare has thrown us all in the same money boat, we're all paying for each other's insurance, is it time for us to shake down the chubbies for what they're doing to their kids? 844-404-1067. You tell me. I'm Michael Graham. Good morning, it's 934. Uh, yeah, Michael Graham, your host, MC, and star of the show. Uh, just watching the, the uh, conversation start to break about uh, getting permission, getting authorization from Congress to go fight ISIS, but fight without a pledge to win. It is the strangest, strangest thing. But right now we're talking about uh, a, a proposal. Puerto Rico is debating whether or not uh, parents should be fined up to $800 if their children are obese and remain obese. A teacher would notice a kid like me in the fourth grade, 145 pounds. That's who I was. They would contact the Department of Social Services. They would come in and my parents. They would check things out. Make sure it wasn't that one in a thousand case that is, you know, caused by like a gland or whatever. And if I was fat and I remained fat, my parents would be fined $800. For those of you who think this is completely out of line, my question then is, well, what are you going to do? 
Do I uh, support it? I'll get to that in just a second. But given the number of you that I've heard from, we've got to do something. We've got to start serving crappy food in our school lunches. Well, that's not going to do any good. We've got to start making it illegal to sell French fries to kids. That's not going to. We've got to take away the Happy Meals. That's not going to do anything. Here is something that could at least potentially make a difference, and I don't know what else would. I'm also looking for people who can tell me if they have ever heard of something called the engagement chicken, 844-404-1067. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you are on the air. Thanks for the call. Hey, how are we doing today? Great, Mike. Right ahead. I get so irritated. I used to work for a convenience store Mm -hmm. with people coming in using their EBT card to buy Red Bull and beef jerky and candy bars and bags of chips on their way to their job in their new car. (laughs) It made me so mad. I I eventually had to leave the company. But, Mike, I'm on the Red Bull and beef jerky diet right now. What's the problem here? It's breakfast of champions. I can't even afford that diet. (laughs) And I work. And thanks for the call, Mike. I appreciate it. But the question is about obesity. I want to simple. My simple step is to step one. If you have an EBT card, it won't work when you try to buy ice cream and chips and, you know, sugar, you know, Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries, which I love. It just won't work. Can we take that step? But they're going one step further uh, in Puerto Rico. They are considering Once again, this is not the law. They're considering it. Fining parents if you're still fat after six months uh, let's ask Bonnie about this. Bonnie, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Hi, hi, Michael. How are you doing today? Doing fine. So is this the right thing to do, Bonnie? No, it's not. And that's the sad part. The government putting their nose into, I think it's none of their business. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go into a store with your child, all of a sudden the child sees the candy aisle. Yep. You tell them no. They're going to stand there and start screaming. You can't smack them because you'll get turned in for a child abuse. <laughs> I'm sorry, but when my children were growing up, they threw a shit in the store. I smacked them. Right. And But a lot of these parents, they're just going to buy it just to keep their kid quiet. I used to be a manager at McDonald's, and I've seen the same families come in day after day after day. I'm sure they were buying the healthy food, right? They're buying the McSalads and the McFish. No, they weren't loading up uh, with the McVitamins, Bonnie? No, they were buying the Big Macs, the double quarter pounders, French Mm. fries, ice cream, cookies, all for their children. Uh, Bonnie, thanks for the call, 844-404-1067. Look, here is the the dilemma. I'm, I'm with Bonnie. It is none of your damn business what I choose to feed my kids. That's that's the way I want to live life. Uh, and fortunately, I have four kids who are healthy. And but my my you know what my oldest son was like me. He was he wasn't as fat as I was, but he he went through a phase for a couple of years where he was overweight, and then he got a little older and shot right up. And now he's frighteningly, terrifyingly good looking, and it really annoys me. But um, uh, you know, so, but. I, I sh- my parents should make those decisions. You and I should make those decisions. And it's no, none, none of the no one else's business, except that we have decided that we're all going to pay for each other's health care. So I, I'll be honest with you. My answer is: Should we do this? No. But when someone says back to me, "But wait a minute, you're making us pay literally billions of dollars a year, giving that family of fatties." free or subsidized health care. Well, now if they're going to the doctor all the time and I'm paying the bill, why isn't it my business? 
you know, to, to quote Simon Graham again, as long as you put your two feet under this dinner table, you're going to do it my way. In other words, he's paying. That's the story. So I would love to say no. I'd love to say absolutely not. But given that the more the, the more likely you are to be on government-funded health care, the more likely you are to be obese, I don't know. So that would be my deal. My deal would be this. And, and tell me if you if it will accept this as a compromise. If you pay your own bills, you're kicking me as fat as he wants. But if you're on EBT or any form of government health care, the fatter your kid is, the less government food, uh, food you get. In fact, the fatter you are. I, that's how I would do Because, come on, if, when you show up with your EBT card, it's got 800 bucks on it, and you are a buck a pound, you're, if you're at eight bills, you don't need to be eating more food. You need to be eating less. We need to cut that, that in half. You obviously can afford to skip a couple of lunches and dinners here if you're 800 pounds. So that would be my solution. If you pay your own bills, you're kicking me as fast as you want. But if I'm paying for your kids' food, sorry, there's going to be a consequence. I would do it by limiting EBT. But if you want to go to the next step and take EBT money back, okay. I, look, I, Sorry, on behalf of individual liberty, I can't argue because th- these are the decisions we've made. Let's ask um, Chanel. Am I pronouncing that right, Chanel? Yes. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. So is it time um, to punish parents because their kids are fat? I don't think punishing is a good word. Um, I definitely don't agree with the fine um, for a child who's over obese. Um, I just don't think that's right. I do think, though, that putting the kind of restrictions on the EBT card would be a good idea. Okay. But, I mean, I just listened to you, and I kind of changed my mind a little bit. I don't know. That's kind of a, a fine line because if you're you're just sustaining the people that are on it, they just need the basic necessities, which is fruit, vegetables, meat, sure. you know, rice and everything that you mentioned. Why do they need the extra sugary stuff if it's not good for you? Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree but then with on you. The, and then on the flip side, um, what about children that are anorexic? I mean, should we find those parents as well? Because that's, like, that's also bad for you. You know, it is bad for you, Chanel. Uh, but I think what the people who are pushing for some kind of change would argue is those cases are so relatively rare, whereas you have statistics that say that 60 percent of Americans 16 and younger are uh, obese or dramatically overweight. I don't know that I buy all those numbers, but it is a big number. And that's why people are saying we need to do something. Definitely. Definitely something needs to be done because, I mean, it's just not good. <laughs> no, it's not good. But then again, you don't want somebody else nosing around in your business. You know what I mean? I mean, if you decide you want to raise your kids with, uh, uh, as my grandma did, uh, biscuits and gravy, then gosh darn it, why can't I have biscuits and gravy? As long as you're able to, to keep living and not have any extra ailments that comes along with the obesity, then, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that. Okay. But Chanel, if it's now, causing problems. Now, let me ask you the key question here. Is there a, 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 are you now or have you ever been married? I am married now. Did you trick your man into getting engaged? Had you ever heard of this engagement chicken thing? Where the one, there's, oh, gosh, there's some no. Reci- <laughs> you ever heard of this? It's a recipe for chicken that supposedly causes men it has like all these flavors in it that think of hearth and home you know that kind of thing and gets guys all teary-eyed and they propose did you, have you ever heard of <laughs> engagement chicken 
I definitely cook chicken for my husband, but it has never done that. I promise you. <laughs> Thanks, Chanel. I'm so, I must so I'm I'm glad unless I'm not the only person who hasn't heard of engagement chicken. I I feel a little bit better about that. We'll be straight back to your phones in just a second. If you can't get through because the lines are jammed, email me Michael at michaelgram.com. Hey, I got a great way for you to be healthy. Join me at Partner MD as one of the many many satisfied patients. And it doesn't matter if you're overweight, right weight, whatever. When you get your executive physical from Partner MD, it's an eight-hour process that breaks down every single element of your health. I had one actually about 10 years ago, and I'm going to be going in next month to have my next one. About once every 10 years. And it is astonishing the level of information. When I think about what I can get from a typical doctor and a typical office visit where you're being rushed through, it's a cattle call. Nothing against the doctors. The doctors just don't have time. Versus sitting down with Dr. Beatty at Partner MD and going through step by step, not just, you know, good cholesterol, bad cholesterol, but the different kinds of good and different kinds of bad cholesterol. That's just one example of the hundreds of things you find out about your health. The executive physical program at Partner MD for people who are serious about their health, don't have time to mess around, want to get it done right. Plus, every Partner MD patient always gets to see a, a doctor that day or the next day, and you get a minimum of 30 minutes with your doctor. It's the membership program that makes this healthcare the kind of healthcare that we used to take for granted but can't find anywhere else except Partner MD. Go to PartnerMD.com. PartnerMD.com today. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. Morning, it's 949. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show. So glad that you are here. Tons to talk about, including authorization to take on ISIS. It's a fascinating story because it shows just how unwilling America is in 2015 to fight, no matter how hard the other team fights to kill us. And continuing debate over whether or not the uh, Islamist whack jobs are randomly choosing to kill Jews. Also, still looking for one person. Who has ever heard of this engagement chicken? Supposed to inspire guys to pop the question here on the eve of Valentine's Day. 844-404-1067. Right now, however, we're talking about a push in Puerto Rico. Fine parents up to $800 if their kids are fat and remain fat. And my point is, we've tried dumb things that don't do any good, like those idiotic fat letters that teachers, the schools send home to their kids that do nothing but embarrass them. Is it time to take the next step? Let's ask Michael. Michael, you're on the air. Thanks so much for the call. Hey, thanks for having me, Michael. Listen, I agree with you about 75% of the time, but there's that 25%. That Man, makes life worthwhile, oh, isn't it? Oh, it, it keeps me listening. Exactly. That's that. my point. Who wants to talk to people who agree with each other all the time? That's right. It'd be too bland. But let me just tell you something. Just give me a quick moment here. It's not about just the children whose parents are on EBT. It's about all Americans. We're faced with a syndrome in this country. It's called sedentary death syndrome. We spend way too many hours during the day sitting. If we're sitting, we might as well be lying down. Mm -hmm. Now, the fat letters that you're talking about, these are physical fitness reports. They measure the health-related components of physical fitness. They're conducted by certified PE teachers from the class in which the students are enrolled. These reports are sent home confidentially to the parents. They're not shared with the students Mm -hmm. to prevent the embarrassment from taking place. But these components that they're measuring um, are directly correlated with disease risk. What are causing our kids to be type 2 diabetics and, mm-hmm. and have coronary heart disease? It measures things like muscular strength, muscular endurance, cardiovascular fitness, body yes. composition, flexibility. No, no, Michael, so, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you, but you haven't answered the question. What do they answer. tell the parent 
that the parent doesn't already know. The parent may not have a breakdown on lipids. He might have the you know the the analysis of black cholesterol per you know uh, blood unit, but they know their kid's fat. They know they need to do something, and they've already chosen not to do something. How does the um confidential letter um that goes in girls' backpacks and the girls walking home knowing she's got a radioactive bomb in her backpack that's going to humiliate her? How does that help? Michael, you, you're the type of person that, as long as I've listened to you, you can't sugarcoat things. I'm not saying let's embarrass our students. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But knowledge is power. Okay, what knowledge? These you parents need to know. And when you look at the report, know? they may not know. What do I need to do to improve my cardiovascular fitness? Go to fitnessgramgeorgia.com. Look mm-hmm. at an example report because it's not a letter sitting home to the parents saying, hey, guess what? Your kid is fat. It's saying, your kid is in the unhealthy range. Mm-hmm. Your kid needs to work on these components. Here are some examples of what they can do because there's a high correlation. You know, Michael, and, and, I, I don't know what to tell you, but the responsibility is on the parents. And sometimes it takes a letter for them to realize it. But Okay, but when the letter really doesn't gonna... work, when the letter doesn't work, Michael, as of course it won't because the parents already know their kid's fat and they've already decided not to do anything, or do you want to then see the parents punished for their kid's obesity, yes or no? I, I, I don't want to see parents punished, but what I want to see Then you're not going to do anything, Michael. And it's easy to send people to websites and say, this is what you ought to do. This is what you ought to do. And my point, Michael, not to... And great call, by the way. Very well informed. It's not a... This isn't magic stuff. This isn't, oh my gosh, there's something in your water that we didn't know about. And you have to drink this blue potion to save you. Hi, you're fat. What do you need to do? Do more stuff. Eat less food. I, I, and I, Michael, I agree. It's more complicated. If you want to go level to level, level, you can always, you know, get more and more efficient about it. But these parents, when you have a kid who weighs literally three times as much as any other kid in his classroom. So these are real stories. We have kids like we had in South Carolina a couple years ago, the little third grader or fourth grader who was more almost 400 pounds. There's no, the, the parents don't need a website on here are the five suggested activities. They need to go, whoa, stop eating, start doing something. And that's what they're refusing to do, Michael, because they're always going to refuse to do it either because they're lousy parents, and there are some, or because, and this is the part that just, these are the parents that kill me. They know the right thing to do, but they're so afraid their kid is going to stop loving them that they can't do it. And you see it all the time with discipline. You see it in the mom's face when the kid gets mad at her and the mom starts, she's like, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my child's love. Until you love your kid enough to let them hate you, you don't love your kid. And that's what I see. I see parents who are overindulging kids because they're, they're, they're so, they as, as parents and as people are so needy for that emotion. Love you. You know why you don't spank your kids? Seriously, let's, be, let's cut this down to the natural truth. The reason why you don't spank your kids is because you don't love them enough to spank them. Because, you know, it hurts me more than it hurts you. It really does. And you don't love them enough to spank them. You don't love them enough to uh, deny them the food. You don't love them enough to watch them cry and say, oh, yeah, go ahead and cry. I don't care that you're crying. This is good for you. And that's the part that bothers, that, that, that's the heartbreaking part. Parents who just won't do the right thing because they're so needy. Denise is on News Radio 1067. Denise, thanks for the call. Hi, Denise. No, Denise. Okay, then let's talk to John. John, you're on the air. Go right ahead. What day it is? <laughs> Go ahead, yeah. John. Look, man, that guy that just called it, he hit a home 
run. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you where the problem comes in. And you know it yourself. I mean, you, what's your what's the age of your oldest kid? My oldest kid is twenty one. Well, you have any still in school? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I got two. I got a, a sixth grader and a ninth grader right now. Is, and is, uh, is, is physical education mandatory at their school? You know what? It's like one of these part time things. Like twice a week, they go out and they play and act like they're doing That's some exercise. That's the problem right there because we didn't have this obese issue. We got a grade for for going to for PE physical mm-hmm. education. We got a grade for it. Now it's optional or it's totally deleted out of the curriculum at these schools. And that's the problem right there. And you know what they replace physical education with? What? Technology. Uh, PlayStation 3, 4, (laughs) 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. This is what these kids, and the parents, while the kids are in there on the PlayStation, the parent is in there on the computer on Facebook and every other sure. book they can get on, and in the whole but, house. But John, I got I got to cut you right there because I got to ask the question: Whose job is it to make you, in, in the case of me, fat ass Michael Graham, get off the sofa and go exercise? That's not the school's job. That's the parents' it, it, job. It, no, happy, wait a minute. It, I'll put it here like this: I don't, I don't, I think it's government overreach if a parent is fine for having a fat kid. That's the craziest okay. thing that can, you can. <laughs> You can ever come up with that's. I know it might be a good subject for today to get people going, but that's that you can get a lawsuit from that craziness. I'm but, sorry, dude. As long as I'm paying for your kid's health insurance, you got to listen to me when I say he's got to get off the sofa. That's how it works. That's the real world, and that's the natural truth. We got a lot more coming up. I'm Michael Graham, a news radio 1067. I'm meteorologist Joanne Feldman with your Fox 5 Storm Team forecast. Hope you are enjoying the milder temperatures this afternoon. This will be the last of them for a while. With a high of 61 and mostly sunny skies, we're bracing for the first of two Arctic cold fronts. The first one arrives late tonight and tomorrow. Puts us at 37 degrees tomorrow morning, but only 45 during the afternoon as winds are picking up to 15 to 25 miles an hour. Remember to get your weather updates around the clock from Atlanta's local news team, Fox 5 News and News Radio 1067. 41 degrees now under sunny skies in Atlanta. This weather update sponsored by Howard Brothers. I'm John Lisk. Now more of the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Pump day. Ten oh five and News Radio one zero six seven. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show. I am not responsible for that show, but I don't do the hump day thing. But if that's what it takes to keep Soccer Boy happy and keep him from rioting, which is always a key when you're dealing with soccer, you know, twenty five more people just died in another soccer match last week, uh, and so that's uh, that's just the natural truth. Welcome to Atlanta's largest diner table. I don't tell you what you're supposed to think. I'm still trying to figure out what I think. I'm just trying to look for for information and find the natural truth, and I'm hoping you'll help me at Uh, 844-404-1067. We've been talking about a proposal in Puerto Rico to fine parents whose kids are fat. Uh, The teacher turns the kid in. The kid gets an analysis. They do six months of, of oversight, and if the kid stays fat, the parents have to pay up to 800 bucks. And it's fascinating to me that this story is breaking at the same time that we are also reporting here on News Radio 1067. Long-standing advice about avoiding cholesterol for heart health may be on its way out. In a draft report, the influential federal panel Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee scrapped long-standing guidelines about avoiding high cholesterol food. Meat 
and eggs. No longer the enemy of life. As one scientist finally admitted, um, Stephen Neeson, chairman of cardiovascular medicine at the famed Cleveland Clinic, quote, we've gotten the dietary guidelines wrong. They've been wrong for decades. And this is important for you to know. And this might also explain some of the vaccine debate. Why is it some parents just won't listen? Well, it's because when people keep telling you stuff over and over and over again, that's totally and utterly true. It causes you not to. It's the Brian Williams effect. Once I find out that you're lying about getting shot at and the people in your helicopter getting purple hearts, and it turns out that you were an hour away from any such activity, it, it, it spreads a shadow of a doubt. The natural truth is, and this has always made sense to me, the argument that if you eat fat, you will get fat is as stupid as the argument that if you eat chocolate, you'll get chocolate. If you eat, you know, a spicy food, you'll be spicy. I mean, it's ridiculous. It was all, your body doesn't take food and, you know, the Brussels sprout sticks to your muscle in your arm and the, you know, celery stalk goes to your thigh. Your body transforms food. And so for decades, people have been doing actual research saying, uh, guys, all this pushing on carbs and stuff, you're just pumping people's calorie intake way up. Carbs are a very efficient way to get cal- you know, their calories, uh, and it's they're not as satisfying, and so the human body still craves the fat. You're just fighting against nature. And you know what the government's been telling us for decades? Shut up! Shut up, shut up! The same super geniuses who pressured the food industry to invent trans fats because they were supposed to get rid of normal fats and have now have been forced to ban trans fats because the tiny amounts of those small amounts of those products are so dangerous compared to normal fat. They're now just now easily for 25 years at a minimum. There's a great new book out called my big fat surprise. And it traces the history of how Americans have always been meat eaters. Americans have always eaten more meat than our European brothers, although not as much as our South American friends uh, and Americans uh, we never had a heart disease issue until a couple of things converge. One is the baby, the middle age men, baby boomer thing. And you had guys living long enough to die from heart attacks. And then you also had the advent of vegetable oils, widely available vegetable oils. So suddenly the food you're eating is full of normal fat plus vegetable oil plus blah, blah, blah. blah. And she puts all the other, she lays it out. Americans were eating fat for uh, 200 years and didn't have a problem. And then some societal changes occurred and we started having heart disease. So we cut out the fat starting in the 1960s and 70s. And you know what's happened? Nothing. Rates of heart disease have not significantly changed because it wasn't the fat. And so now, just now, you're being told. In fact, your kid today will sit down to a hideous, awful, inedible, crappy lunch. Thanks to Michelle Obama. And when Michelle Obama was asked about this, about the fact that kids aren't eating this food, she said, we'll make them get used to it. It's like when my kids wanted to eat mac and cheese out of a box. I made them get used to not eating it. Really? So that's the plan. You're going to make my kids like your crap. And it would be one thing if they were making my kids like the crap because, it, you know, we were in trouble or whatever. But you're making my kids like low-salt, low-fat foods because you're wrong about the science on fat and salt. That's the other thing, too. Those of you who are avoiding salt, who don't have a pre-existing condition, you, you obviously don't know what's going on. Study after study after study after study. Salt is completely harmless unless you have a pre-existing condition. If you're a typical healthy American, you could literally salt by the handful. What's your body get? What does your body do to salt? Urinates it right out. Salt pills. Hello, salt tablets, football. Two, for, you know, two a days. 
So somehow we let the government terrorize, get us terrified of things human beings have been eating since the beginning of human history. And we fell for it. We spent all this extra money on these processed foods because they were low fat and low salt. And what do we do? Put a bunch of other crappy chemicals in our body, have no impact on our health. And now these same people want to tell you how to live your life on and on and on and on from everything from what is the number one threat to the world today? Well, we know it's not ISIS, obviously, no matter how many people they kill. We know it's not terrorism, no matter how many people die. We know it's not Russia, no matter how many countries they made. No, the number one challenge, climate change. That's the number one challenge facing the world. These same people tell you. And oh, by the way, if we can just force you to have your heating bill go from $100 a month to $500 a month, you'll do that in the name of global warming, won't you? Uh, no. Not from salt and fat, doctor, telling me what's uh, true and not true, what's safe and not safe. And so I, I am absolutely not surprised that, that uh, 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 the standards are going to be, well, I take this. I'm not surprised by the science because I've been reading the science for 20 years and having people tell me, that's crazy. Fat's bad for you. Fat's, no, it's not. Fat is not bad for you at all. What do you think your great, 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 great grandfather when he was hunting and gathering lived off of? He lived off of fat and berries was pretty much it. It's not bad for you. So why do we believe that? Why, why, why? And and, and by the way, even these new um, guidelines, they're bending over backwards saying, now we're not saying that the previous guidelines were necessarily bad. So my question for you, 844-404-1067, are you surprised about the new guidelines on fat? Are you surprised that shoving carbs down everyone's throats has turned out to be more you know, less healthy than eating the fat. Um, are you at a school where your kid's lunch is in an edible pile of muck because of this, um, these things? And given that for decades the federal government has been wrong about these guidelines but have used, has used its power to force them down your throats, does that have any impact on your thinking about going forward? 844-404-1067. When we come back, I'll tell you about my little February diet that I'm on. I do it pretty much every year. Uh, and have been doing it for years and also want to hear from you. Also, if you have any thoughts on the finding parents of fat kids, I'd like to hear from you on that as well. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning, it's 1019. Michael Graham, two topics that remind me why I don't want the government in the business of telling you what to do. Uh, the uh, uh, fining parents 800 bucks for the kids getting fat. You know, if the government didn't make you buy their approved insurance and didn't make you pay for other people's insurance, this conversation would be over right now. It's none of my damn business that your kid is fat. But now that you're making me pay for your kid's insurance, well, it is. And the second one is... The uh, federal government's guidelines on food, which have been used by the Fed, uh, by the uh, the Obama administration, Michelle Obama, to force local lunchrooms, local high schools, local elementary schools to serve crap. And now they're admitting that their guidelines are totally wrong. Everything the government has told you in the past 25 years about salt, a lie. Everything they told you are wrong, I should say. Everything they told you about fat, wrong. So you know what? When you don't tell me what to do then you don't have to worry about getting it wrong. That's my take on this at 844-404-1067. And I've got some more th- thoughts on the food issue. And pl- so let's, let's just try. Please stop telling. When you sit down to eat with a group of people, like at work, whatever, 
Stop commenting on the healthiness or not healthiness of their food. They know what they're eating. Do you ever have lunch with these people? Are you going to eat that? I can't believe you eat that. You know, I never eat fast food. Go Fine, then don't eat it. You know, you really shouldn't eat that. You know what? You know what? You're absolutely right. I shouldn't eat it. I should put it down, stand up, and tell you to go bleep yourself. That's what I should do. Now, leave me alone. <sighs> Let's talk to Michelle. Michelle, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Hi, Michael. Thanks for taking my call. Glad to. Listen, you can get fat on meat and potatoes just mm-hmm. as easy as you can get fat on any of these other uh, salt or sweet foods that you eat. Um, and you also have to remember that these meats and these um, cows and chickens, they're mm-hmm. putting the hormones in them. Our kids are developing at a rate and hitting puberty a lot earlier than kids back in the early 1900s and even before them because they're putting hormones in those things. So they're going to be like producing boobies a lot earlier than they did and, and getting all kinds of great feelings before they do. You can, know, can we give before... Michelle a golf clap for effective use of the word boobies? That was very nice. <laughs> Listen, I agree with you that cho- that girls are maturing and inter- and starting you know the, their uh, period earlier in, at, at younger ages. We don't know that it's a hormone connection or if it's an overall diet connection, uh, but that's a that's something to watch, Michelle. And thanks for adding. And then- it. But this, but this is my question: When you say that it's just as easy to get fat on meat and potatoes, you know that's not true. It is harder to take in as many calories when you're eating meat and vegetables than it is when you can eat a super high calorie content thing like, uh, you know, a bag of Oreo cookies. Oreo cookies pack a big cal. And now I love Oreo cookies and I'm not against Oreo cookies, but I know as I eat them, they pack a big calorie wallop versus say a pork chop. Well, my mother knows how to cook pork chops with a little bit of fat Mm. on them and they know how to do it all. I guarantee if you got a southern mother, you so, can, you so, can get fat. No, no, I know. Listen, trust me, I did. And I, my, not my, my mother, she's a terrible cook, but my grandmother in Conway, South Carolina. So my question, why shouldn't we hold parents responsible for their obese kids? You shouldn't, actually, because it'd be a waste of government money. I mean, I, you're gonna, that's where your doctor comes in. You're always going to have extreme cases, but that's where the doctor comes in, not when the school teacher or that comes in. You cannot, there's always going to be extreme cases, but you cannot hold the parents responsible, especially if you're talking about the welfare parents, because they're not going to pay anyway. They're not paying for their food in the first place. So take their food away. Look, once you're, once you're fat, you need, what do you need less of when you're fat? Food. So let's take your EBT away from you and give it to starving kids in Somalia. Somalia kids need more fat. American fat kids need less fat. How that for, how's that for a deal? 844-404-1067. And uh, as far as the government stepping in, you know it's already happening. It was a little over a week ago when a Cleveland area boy made national headlines. That boy was taken out of his mother's home and placed into foster care because authorities say he is obese and is therefore in danger. That third grade boy was taken from his family and placed into foster care because authorities say that his mom was not doing enough to control his weight. County workers in Cuyahoga County were first alerted to the boy's weight in 2010 when his mother had taken him to the hospital for breathing problems. Now get this, the child is definitely overweight. At eight years old, he weighs over 200 pounds. It was after that first hospital visit that social workers began monitoring the family. The boy's mother agreed to enroll her son in a special children's hospital program called Healthy Kids, Healthy Weight. The boy did lose some weight initially, but began to gain it back. And that was when the state stepped in, placing the boy in foster care. Think about your eight-year-old. Think about you at eight years old. Think about a third grader maybe in your neighborhood, whatever. Now imagine that kid 200 pounds. That's 
three typical-sized third graders, 200 pounds. Is the solution to simply say, hey, it's your kid. Do whatever you want. Is that the solution? Or is the solution to say, hey, it's your kid. Do what you want with your own money. But if we're feeding that kid and we're paying the health care bills of that kid, no, no, sorry. You're reaching into my pocket and you're at, remember, why was an eight-year-old in a hospital for breathing? My kids, knock, knock on everything and bless myself every way, have never been to a hospital. Uh, no, I take it back. My daughter uh, broke her arm, uh, uh, cracked her arm playing, uh, was it she riding, riding a horse? And she had a smile, smile that, that's it, an injury, that's it. Because typical kids don't go to a hospital other than injuries. You know, you, cut, you hurt yourself playing football, whatever. This kid ended up in the hospital with breathing problems. Why? Because he's got 200 pounds of fat crushing his little eight-year-old lungs. That's why. Who's paying for the hospital trip? You and me. And that's why I'm saying, uh, if you're prepared to end the government health care system where we all have to pay for each other, if you want to go to a system where we all pay our own bills, that's absolutely fine. But if you're going to reach in my pocket and say, Michael, it is your duty. You are your brother's keeper. You owe it to that family to pay those kids' bills. Well, guess what? And that family owes it to me to get that kid off his ass and go out and do some some jumping jacks. Uh, Roger, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Michael, I'm not at all surprised that the government has for decades missed the food recommendations. Here is what I am surprised about. Why do you think they have it right this time? Ah, interesting question. Well, um, I'll say this, even though it's not right yet, they are stepping towards the direction of the science that has been available for a while. In other words, the stuff about fat and salt has been out, you know, from multiple sources for a while. Uh, uh, understood. Now, the second issue is we're paying for everybody's health care for the fat kids and fat mm-hmm. adults. I'm a fat adult on Medicare. Mm-hmm. Since I'm fat, they really ought to raise my deductible a couple of hundred dollars a year or three or four or five hundred a year. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I ought to pay more of my own health care costs because yeah. I am fat by choice. I agree. Um, and but, I'd be willing to do it if they just set that up. And that, you, know, <laughs> you know what? And if you did it that way, you had a reasonable, like, you know, a, whatever, you know, weight premium kind of thing then it would be affordable and it would add money to cover the health care costs you're going to cover, but it's never going to happen. Soccer Boy makes an excellent point. Michael, the reason why you're never going to see parents of fat kids held responsible, pay a fine, is because so many people are fat. They're a huge voting block. It's the Chris Christie secret voting army waiting to take out there. Plus, as Soccer Boy pointed out, when you get fat people rioting, stuff breaks. You know, they start jumping around on the signs, and you get, you, get, you get Fat Albert on top of your car jumping up and down saying, hell no, we won't give up our snow cone. Stuff, you, know, you, you got some, give me a bunch of skinny potheads rioting. You know, they're bumping into each other. You barely know that they're there. You get a bunch of uh, big-time beef-eating fatties out there protesting, you could wipe out an entire city block. And I was one of them in my youth. 844-404-1067. When we come back... Is this the voice of modern revolution? Is this the Samuel Adams of 2015? This weed is your weed. This weed is my weed. From the northern lights to that Maui Wowie. From the lemon kush to that good old purple haze. This weed is made for you. You'll find out the answer coming up. I am Michael Graham. All the girls. 
Is the cry, this weed is your weed, the coming American revolution? Also, I'm going to talk a little bit about the details of what President Obama wants to do when it comes to ISIS. But the key words are limited and no ground troops except for rescue missions. Once you find out that you're going to fight the bad guys, but you're never going to actually fight them, that tells the bad guys everything they need to know. Right now, though, the conversation continues about obese youth, a proposal to uh, fine parents if their kids are too fat, this is in Puerto Rico. That's an idea that could certainly catch on. And interestingly, the people who are opposing it are the uh, U.S. Centers for, uh, excuse me, the American Academy of Pediatrics and several doctors uh, are saying that it's unfair. I don't, I don't get the how it's unfair. part. What's unfair is when you make lifestyle decisions that cost me money and then I'm stuck paying the bill. That's why I say, let's start with this. EBT cards, nothing but fruit, vegetables, meat, and staples like rice and, you know, oatmeal and grits and stuff like that. Uh, No uh, Little Debbie snack cakes, no soda, no uh, candy. Just skip it right there Uh, because, you know, your kids are going to be held responsible for your decisions as parents. They're going to live like that poor eight-year-old who's 200 pounds. Drew is on the air. Drew, thanks for the call. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, I actually agree with exactly what you said about the EBT card. Mm-hmm. I think there needs to be limits like with anything else. But my issue is, is you know, when you have there's – a, there's a new model out, and she's like a really plus-size, like really, really plus-size model, and she's being glorified, and it's like, yeah, right. this is beautiful. This can be beautiful. So now little kids say, well, hey, if I look like this and she doesn't, she's popular, why is it bad for me? But then I think it brings it back to the parents because that's your fault for feeding your kids McDonald's or, or all the, the sugary foods because we have enough education now to know. The Internet's like a fingertip away. You know what's healthy. You know what's not. Right. So I think it is on the parents at that point to see what their kids should and should not eat. So if, your, so if your neighbor's kid is 200 pounds in the second grade and 220 pounds in the third grade, at some point in there you would fine the parents? I, 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 see, that's hard as far as finding because I, I mean, maybe a then tough what are you talking do? to or something. <laughs> I, I know. It's like I don't know because, yes, that's your fault your kid keeps eating. That it, it, it eats at your house. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say about it, but I don't know if I would find them. Like, that's, you know, when the government gets in there and, and what else they're going to start finding kind of ideas, you know. Right. So. No, I, I agree with you on the government part, but here's what the government's already doing. They're already uh, trying to restrict where uh, fast food places can be. They've already criminalized in some uh, uh, communities uh, Happy Meals because they're trying to stop you from buying your kids the wrong Food. I got this. Leave me alone. Let me decide what food is the right and the wrong food as long as I'm paying my own bills. But if you're paying the bills, then that opens the door. In other words, the government is already involved when they're paying for your food and your kids' food. They're already involved. Uh, And can we all at least agree that the fat letters that come home with kids are a total waste of time? Can we at least agree on that? 844-404-404. 1067. Kathy, you are on the air with Michael Graham. Hi, Michael. Hi, um, the reason I'm calling is I had three children. One super skinny that everybody tried to put food in her mouth. <laughs> one average. One, my third one, he was, he, he was overweight. Mm-hmm. Now, my ex-husband's family, they're all big. 
talking big. I mean, 350, <laughs> dangerous Yikes. to do surgery on, just huge. Ugh. Well, the thing is now, this one that I'm talking about, I seriously could eat three times more than him. Right. But I could never gain a pound. I used to pray to God, mm-hmm. let me get fat because I could lose it. <laughs> it don't work that way because I did gain some weight, but, and I did lose it, but I'm, I'm 52. I'm, I'm still not overweight. Well, that's, but, it's great, but shouldn't, if, 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 uh, your kids are in school and they're overweight, isn't that on you as the parents? It is sometimes, but I know that sometimes I believe it's genetic because, like, um, there was this one girl, she had, she did have low self-esteem, and I was with this girl a lot, mm-hmm. and I ate more than she did. I mean, she didn't eat that much, but she's also within that family. She was made fun of. Um, they mm-hmm. tried diets, but she still wouldn't lose weight. Sometimes I think it could be in the metabolism. Mm-hmm. It may not just be food. Every that once in a, a while, child is you, overweight. You do have a handful of people out there who have uh, genetic issues or health issues, there, but that's a tiny, tiny percentage of the problem. Thanks for the call at eight four 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 zero four one zero six seven. And look, I, I want to just, as one of those people who was fat when I was a kid, I have to watch out that I that doesn't happen again. When I started doing stand up comedy, I was working nights, you know, spending all day <laughs> laying around a hotel room. I was eating. You know, me and the uh, and the other comics, we'd drink a lot and eat some greasy breakfast at 3 in the morning, get no exercise. And within a, six months or so, I'd bloomed up like another 25 pounds. Boom. And I went, crap. And so I had to start making decisions. What I do now, and I'm in the middle of it right now, every February, I go on what I used to call the no white diet. Just, I was just no carbs, no dairy, no sugar, no booze for one month. Is it a coincidence that it's the shortest month? No, absolutely not. But I do it, and I do it, and and I have some neighbors who are super health nuts, you know, vegan weirdos, and they're great people. They are great people. The total vegan weirdos, like you know, that doesn't do you any good. You know, what you lose weight, you're just going to get it right back. I'm not trying to lose weight per se. I'm just trying to recalibrate my body to kind of set things back. So when I start eating donuts again, one donut a week will be fine. Because eventually it's going to be two donuts a week. And eventually knowing me and donuts, it'll be a dozen of Krispy Kremes in a single setting. See what I'm saying? As I work my way around, by the get to the holidays, I'm in a total carbs frenzy. And then this brings me back down off the ledge. And I kind of start. This is my thing. I'm not recommending it. It's not healthy. But just it works for me. And it's a reminder to me, hey, Graham, you've been fat before. You can be fat again. You've got to work out. I do. I hate it. I do some working out. And you got to you know, keep it on it. So that's my thing at 844-404-1067. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to um, share with you the face of uh, 1776 Revisited at the top of the next hour. When we come back, the president has asked for authorization to do something to ISIS. It's not really clear. And then a disturbing story. Three Muslim students shot dead near UNC Chapel Hill. A lot of conversation about why isn't this a bigger Story. I will explain to you why. That's all coming up here on the Michael Graham Show. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning, it's 1048. I am 
Michael Graham, there is a horrific story out of UNC Chapel Hill. Three Muslim students killed, shot execution style by, as my Twitter feed is full of, a white man in North Carolina, suspect Craig Stephen Hicks. And uh, it's funny, I got a lot of tweets and messages about my crusader wager when the story first hit. Three American, uh, three uh uh, Muslims in America executed by a Southern white guy. And, uh, oh, Michael, this is proof you're crazy. Well, look, I've still challenged you to take my Crusader wager. Go to michaelgram.com and the blog, and uh, you can see it for yourself. I've yet to have a single person take me up on it. And before I tell you the rest of this story, I want to put it in context. Here's Josh Ernest trying to explain President Obama's definition of random violence. Back to the question Jim was asking about his description of the shooting at the kosher deli in Paris. This was an attack on a kosher deli. Does the president have any doubt that those terrorists attacked that deli because there would be Jews in that deli? Well, John, if, if, I, it is clear from the, the, the terrorists and some of the writings that they put out afterwards what their motivation was. Uh, the adverb that the president chose uh, was used to indicate That's that random. the individuals who were killed in that terrible, tragic incident were killed not because of who they were, but because of where they randomly happened were, to be. They, they weren't killed because they were in a Jewish deli, though? They were in a no, kosher John, deli? These individuals were not targeted by name. This is not the point. by name, but by, by religion, were they not? Well, John, I, the, there were people other than just <laughs> Jews who were in that that deli. Do you see any doubt was it, that deli was attacked because it was a kosher deli? This was no, not John. Any I, random deli. No, John, it was I, a kosher deli. I answered the question once. All right, I answered that. By the way, all of the people who were killed that day... Jewish, by the way, just so you know. Is that the worst answer to a question ever? Not quite. Name something a doctor might pull out of a person. Darcy. A gerbil. That's the worst, maybe. Or in the butt. In the butt is also a very bad answer, just so you know. Yeah, that was trying to explain, no, 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 it's totally, what, what are you talking about? No, it's random. They randomly just shot up a place that randomly just happened to be kosher, that randomly happened to be full of Jews, and they randomly happened to be Muslims. Totally, uh, none of those things are connected, totally random. And, of course, rational people just roll their eyes and go, you got to be kidding me. So now we have this case of three Muslim students uh, in, in near UNC Chapel Hill, all shot execution style. You know what the one word that hasn't been used to describe it? Random. Because it shouldn't be. Because this clearly wasn't a random shooting. There was some reason for the shooting and what was it say michael i told you christianity is just as dangerous as every other religion just some evangelical bible thumping there gunning down muslims you got some guy who's going to some racist hate clan church gunning down these muslims and it is tragic uh husband and wife dia and usor barakat barakat were found dead as well as usor's sister 19 years old, 23, 20, and 19, all dead, all shot execution style. Now, we have more to find out about this story at, at certain levels. There could be a complete backstory that we don't know. You have to do with whatever, you know, in a slight, an insult to the doctor who saw the shooter and said something to him. You know, gambling debts. I mean, who, theoretically, we may find out things 24 hours from now that completely change our view. But here's what we know about the shooter. Uh, this, what's, what's his name? Uh, Stephen, Craig Stephen Hicks is a prominent 
anti-theist who claims he hates all religions and has frequently tweeted and Facebooked about the evil of all religions and how all religions share the same uh, problems. People say nothing can solve the Mideast problem, not mediation, not arms, not financial aid. I say there is something, atheism. That's from this activist, anti-theist, as he called himself. That's right, three Muslims killed by radical atheism. So now do you want to tell me all religions are the same and all religions are, uh, and even all non-religion religions? There's a report from WRAL, the local TV affiliate there, that this may have been an ongoing dispute over a parking ticket. And, uh, excuse me, not parking ticket, over just over parking. And that they had some dust up in a parking garage nearby. So it may have been that. It may have just been that this guy was a nut. You know, the kind of people who get really whipped up about atheism, some of them are like diehard libertarian Ayn Rand kind of people, but some of them, if you ever talk to them, and I've debated quite a few, they are borderline kooky. They're, and so he could just be a nut. So I'm not, are they dead in the name of atheism? I'm not saying that. But no one's going to say that uh, uh, killing three people of the same faith at the same time while you're espousing some ideological view is random. And that's why what the president said about killing Jews being random was so offensive and why it didn't go away. And by the way, the final outcome of that Josh Ernest thing, and there's also a, an, another terrible answer from the spokes babe over at the State Department to, as well. They both tweeted out, of course it was anti-Semitism, as we have always said. <laughs> that's my favorite part, is when people, politicians look you in the eye and lie to you, know, that had nothing to do with Islam and nothing to do with that. I'm not saying that. It was a random attack. There was no religious component. They were not targeted for their religion. And then an hour later, like I kept telling you, they were targeted for their religion. Oh, stop saying like I keep telling you. Stop that. But that's what happened in that case. So now uh, there are uh, some people in the Muslim community who are upset that there isn't more coverage of this shooting. White man kills three Muslims. Why isn't there more coverage? You know how you could get more coverage for this? Change this guy's background away from being an activist atheist into a tea partier. If this guy had been a tea partier, it would be nonstop coverage on MSNBC. Change this guy's background from an active atheist to evangelical. Have him be a deacon in a church. Have him show up at a Billy Graham crusade. If he has a John 316 sticker on his Facebook page, this would be the front page story. And that's because the media are not in the business of telling you what happened. The media are in the business of telling you stories. Brian Williams is a perfect example. He got he got caught telling a story that wasn't true that for some reason mattered as opposed to the many, many, many other stories that he and CNN and MSNBC tell you that aren't true. And so because this story, the story of an atheist killing three people, possibly over a parking dispute, doesn't fit the narrative, the story will get minimal coverage. Now, if it had been, you know, he walks into a mosque, pulls out his gun and shoots 
and he's carrying a Bible, then, oh, my gosh, because that's the story. And you know, does anyone dispute me at 844-404-1067? The media are desperate to tell that story. They can't wait to tell that story. They would just, it would, they would have, there would be a pep in this that CNN would have to, uh, you know, uh, uh, hand out Xanax to calm everybody down. If they could report the story of evil, white, evangelical Christian kills Muslims for being Muslims. They would have they'd have to go to the doctor because their erection would last for more than four hours. That would be what would be happening in the NBC newsroom right now. And we all know it. So that's why I wanted you to know the facts. Craig Stephen Hicks condemned all religion on Facebook prior to Muslim mass murder arrest. Uh, called himself a proud anti-theist. 844-404-1067. We've got more coming up, including the future of American Revolution. It has come to Georgia. Will it take? You'll find out. We're out here to support the legalization of marijuana. Join the fight. Help us get legislation up so we can get some affirmandums into the Senate to help us, uh, you know, get marijuana legal. These individuals were not targeted by name. This is the point. by name, but by by religion, were they not? Well, John, there were people other than just Jews who were in that that deli. At about 12.30 p.m., someone discovered a bomb print written on a bathroom wall at North Hall High School. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. Name something a doctor might pull out of a person. Darcy. A gerbil. Good morning, it's 1106. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River. I'm predicting that we will hear that Family Feud audio again around lunch line time. Do you know how the lunch line works? We do it every day at 1145. We give away free lunch to Tim Lizzie's Cantina. Mm-mm. Can't eat there till March because everything there violates. Actually, I, you know what? I actually found something the other day. They have these fantastic, it's chicken breast strips, and they grill them, and they dump them in hot sauce. So it's like a French fry, a grilled French fry hot sauce chicken stick. It's very nice. Uh, but anyway, that's happening at 1145. We give you a line, you finish it, you win free lunch from our friends at, uh, at Tim Lizzie's Cantina. Also, um, why it drives me crazy that we had yet another school evacuate for a, quote, bone threat. <sighs> I just, I just, please tell me you see how dopey this is, too. But the big question of the day, they were rallying yesterday in Atlanta. Is this the face of modern revolution? Is this the voice of the Sam Adams of 2015? This weed is your weed. This weed is my weed. From the northern lights to that Maui Waui. From the lemon kush to... Wouldn't John Adams be with him? As I was smoking, a real fine doobie, a city policeman, he walked up to me, but he didn't say nothing till I passed the ganja. He said, This Vito's made. Of course he did. Cops have the best pot. Pot. Fathers all grew the hemp plant. Just kind of like all those guys in jail did. 6,000 years of folks getting lifted. Absolutely. This sweet was made for you and me. Sing it, brother. I'll go to D.C., right to the White House, burn with Obama. Oh, yeah, Tomb Game. Until he blacks out. He has experience. And then I'll smoke up that whole damn town. This sweet was made for you and me. 
Am I an outlaw? Yes. Because I'm happy. Yep. Are you gonna bust me? Because I'm laughing. Well, I've got free will, so I'm gonna get toasty. This feed was made for you. And now I gotta tell you, you can see that guy if you're my Twitter feed, or if you follow me on Facebook, or you go to my blog, michaelgram.com blog, you can see that guy singing This Weed Was Made for You and Me. But he asks a very good question Is he an outlaw because he's happy? Are you going to arrest him because he's laughing? In other words, what is more fundamentally American than the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? And this is one of those areas of our life that I just absolutely don't get. I am open mouth astonished that we are even fighting over cannabis oil in Georgia. Really, Governor Deal? Really? Cannabis oil? Let him have a damn cannabis oil. Who cares? Poll after poll after poll show a majority of Americans are ready to decriminalize pot. But those of you who don't want to, those of you who want to keep it a crime, you haven't answered his question. Is he an outlaw because he's happy? Are you going to arrest him because he's laughing? In other words, how does his decision to get toasty have anything to do with you? And, you know, when you think about the state of Georgia, when you think about red states, when you think about individual liberty, when you think about a man's house is his castle, all of the kind of cliches that we think of as, and I, I grew up in South Carolina, South Carolinians are even more anti-federal government and more contrary. We're probably the most contrary state in the union. And yet everyone's, oh, we can't legalize pot. Well, why not? Well, because people will smoke it. They're smoking it now. And so that's, the puzzle that I keep puzzling around, it, it is embarrassing to the state of Georgia and to every grown man and woman here that cannabis oil was defeated in the last session and that we are struggling to pass it in this session. We shouldn't even be discussing cannabis oil. It should, of course, it should be legal. What we should be discussing is whether or not we should decriminalize pot. And I can't figure out why we're not. I can't. I, who's holding it back? You know we are desperately trying to find people who uh, oppose pot legalization to come on the show because there's so few of them. And, and the legislators don't want to talk about it, of course. And plus, politicians tend to be bad radio. But I, I, I just I seriously and I'll, I'm totally sincere. I don't get this at all. I have never smoked pot in my life. I absolutely agree that far too many regular hemp users sound like this guy from the rally yesterday in Atlanta. We're out here to support the legalization legalization of marijuana. Join the fight. Help us get legislation up so we can get some affirmandums to, into the Senate to help us, <laughs> uh, you know, get marijuana legal so we can help all our families. Dude. But you know what? Just because he's a stoner loser doesn't mean he's wrong. Just because pot smokers tend to be dopey slackers doesn't mean they're wrong. It is, um, uh, it is a part of American freedom, the right to choose to be stupid. So can you explain, when we come back, I've got my theories on why it's illegal still in Georgia to smoke pot and people are not changing the law. I want to hear yours, too. And if you can give me one good reason why the this land is your land, this weed is your guy is wrong, 
I would love to hear from you at 844-404-1067. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. It's Michael Graham. <laughs> Good morning, it's 1118. I have never, ever smoked pot. Not one time. Not me. I've never done drugs. Okay, one time I'm in the garage with my teenage friends. I snorted some Midol. Not much of a buzz, but once a month, I get a flashback. Uh, 844-404-1067. Our next guest has literally written the book on why not to decriminalize pot. The name of the book is Going to Pot, Why the Rush to Legalize Marijuana is Harming America. I wish you'd been here yesterday for the rally outside the uh, Golden Dome in Atlanta, Georgia. Former drug czar, Secretary of Education, Bill Bennett. Welcome to the show, Bill. Great to talk to you again. Hey, Michael. Good to talk to you, as always. So we had a person who's written a song called This Weed is Meant for You and Me, and he, sing- and he sings the line, Are, uh, Am I an outlaw because I'm happy? Are you going to arrest me because I'm laughing? Why would we criminalize this guy? He's happy, Bill. It's America. Life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. It's harmful. It's harmful in lots of ways. It's harmful physically. Uh, it uh, decreases attention, focus, memory. You lose eight IQ points if you start in your teenage years and smoke for 10 or 15 years. We're going to increase if we legalize the, the amount of marijuana used by four to six times. There are 70% of people in drug treatment in America are there for marijuana. It does no good at all. We already have alcohol and tobacco. We do not need a third bane. Uh, Bill Bennett, one of the, you mentioned the book about this four to six times projected increase. The book's going to pot is called going to pot. Where did, I, I, I didn't understand where that came from. And it seemed like it, it wasn't based on a historical model. How, where does that n- notion come from that the amount of weed smoked today would go up by 400 to 600 percent? It's the best guess we have from people who have studied it who are actually more pro-legalization than not. Uh, Mark Kleiman is the name most often cited. It's from his book. When we cited it the first time, he asked where we got it. We told him it was from his book. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's always a surprise. You know, I've been surprised by things in my book. But it's from his book. That doesn't necessarily mean that you'll have four to six times as many right. users. But it does mean there'll be that volume oh, increase, I see. Okay. which yeah, because... probably means smokers, more smokers will become addictive smokers. As the market as the market opens up, you know, look. Bennett, it, it, the model is like alcohol or tobacco. You want to get the heavy user. That's where the profits are. Uh, Bill Bennett, when you when you write a bi- book like Going to Pot, you know you're going to uh, get question the the kind of obvious questions, and one of the obvious ones. I'm on my way to Denver, Michael. What oh, do you think? You think I, I'll get questions? Score, sc- uh, score me a bag if you can. I'll I'll front score you, the you money. a bag. No, okay. I'm, I'm totally. Right. This, this is the point, I know. Bill. Everybody I know. in America who wants to smoke pot is smoking pot right now. What yeah. good is prohibition when people are already smoking, not just smoking, but smoking as much as they want? That's why that four to 600% markup makes no sense to me because I don't know anybody who wants to smoke it who isn't smoking as much as they want already. A lot of people who really want to smoke it are smoking. A lot of people want to smoke it a little or smoke it. There are a lot of people who are in the middle. They, you know, they don't know whether to smoke it or not. Right. They are starting to smoke it. That's what happened in Colorado. We talked to a child psychiatrist out there who's treating kids 10, 11, 12, because they're not smoking it. They're eating it. It's the edibles, and they're wrapped as candy bars. And, and the doc says to the parent, why are you letting your kid have marijuana? And the parent says, well, it's legal. What's the problem? Sorry, I'm in an airport. No, no, it's not a problem. So you're going 
you're going to get an increase in uh, use, uh, particularly among young people. That's uh, why. And it makes you stupid. Well, We've got big problems in this country. It doesn't make you happy. It makes you stupid. But, Bill Bennett, the fact is, number one, we need that eight. I know another way to drop your uh, IQ eight points. That's watching MSNBC regularly, and yet no one's going to criminalize that. The second <laughs> yeah, thing but is, a lot of people who smoke don't watch MSNBC, but, but, and they lose 16 points. But, Bill, putting in the kid question, to me, is a is a red herring or it's a, a diversion from the real issue because obviously controlling kids' behavior is important when it comes to booze or anything else. Kids drink, underage kids drink alcohol. No one says it's a credible argument for a prohibition. What? Why is it any we, of the state's business okay. if my f- former college roommate goes to a fish concert and hits the bong? I don't, you, you small, where are my small government allies, Bill Bennett? I, yeah, I'm, I'm for I'm for limited federal government too, but I'm for government that protects us, and I'm for a sane society that prevents the kind of harms that it that it's able to. It's not prevented. You can't do anything. You can't do anything it's about the alcohol. It's not prevented. It is. You're going to have a dramatic everywhere. increase. It's not everywhere. It's it's more prevalent in Colorado than it was three years ago when they went to medical marijuana. It's a hell of a lot more prevalent. Right. When and, they made it legal, when they gave permission, when they institutionalized medical marijuana, it's mm-hmm. skyrocketed. Why should then say to Washington? Because, and, and I think this is a reasonable model, but we'll get to see, thanks to the laboratories of the state, if this is true, that you're going to have yeah. a big surge, a big surge of experimenting, a big surge of, wow, I couldn't buy this before. And then you're going to go back, Bill, to that group of people who have, you know, less ambition, <laughs> lower sights for themselves. Yeah. We'll go back yeah, to I smoking know. pot. They'll just smoke pot that is taxed, and they didn't have to hook, you know, some, meet some guy behind a dumpster to get it. Let me uh, let me tell you, we, we regulate all sorts of things. Uh, do you make the same argument for, I don't know, cocaine, yes. LSD? Uh, uh, absolutely. I have, no interest in, I have no interest in what you put in your body, only interest in what you do. That's the point okay. of freedom. Yeah. That's the point of freedom, you, Bill. The people, you don't have interest in what people put in their bodies when they no. get on the road, no, when they teach that. your kids in the classroom. I mean, this is... Uh, I, I, sorry, we all live, we live together on. here, Michael. We all live together here. Bill, Bill Bennett, uh, me, as the former drug czar, you know yeah. that that is the lamest argument. No, is to say once you get argument. in the car, because booze is legal, but you can't do it in the car. I know it is. Surfing why the internet the is trouble? legal. You can't do it while you drive. Michael, why add to the trouble because that we have freedom. from tobacco and alcohol? Freedom to do what? To be stupid? Free, yes, to lower exactly. your IQ? What kind of, what kind of freedom? Bill. That's not what the founders had in mind. I know we got this <laughs> argument about the founders. If you think the founders meant by the pursuit of happiness, token up. You got to reread the founders. That's not what they had in mind at all. Bill, let I, me quote. Let me let sure. me quote two Democrats: Jerry Brown, governor of California. We got serious problems. I don't think we ought to make, make this stuff legal. I don't think we can address our problems if people are buzzed half the time. John Hickenlooper, Democrat governor of Colorado, mm-hmm. this was reckless. This was a mistake. And let me quote the great H.L. Mencken: Whenever A yeah. annoys or injures B on the pretense of improving or saving X. A is a scoundrel. Bill Bennett, love your book, but you are a scoundrel, sir. <laughs> no, sir. You are a knave, but you are not a fool. All right. Listen, uh, uh, congratulations on the book. Have fun in Colorado. Thanks, They're going to love it. Thanks for joining us. A short notice from the uh, airports. Uh, but I guess, you, yeah. by the way, one last question. Put you on the spot. If you had to vote for a Republican nominee for president today, having considered <laughs> running yourself, who would be on the top of your list? Not a definitive endorsement, just to kind of you're thinking about him right now. I never seriously considered running. I don't know. Whoever can win. Whoever can win. Mm-hmm. I'll pull the lever for Christie, for Bush, for Scott Walker, 
for Rubio, you name it, whoever can beat right. Hillary. I don't care. You tell me who that is, and I'll vote. Well, for I'll tell you it's not. It's not anyone named Bush. Nothing against Jeb, great guy, but <laughs> stay out the bushes, Bill. Stay out the bushes. Stay out the bushes. Okay, tell your friends to show up on time out there. Those potheads have trouble getting there on time. <laughs> I'll work on that. Uh, thanks so much. That was Bill Crystal. Uh, that was Bill Crystal. Bill Bennett, a former drug czar, former uh, head of the Department of Education. Thanks so much for joining us here. His new book is Going to Pot, Why the Rush to Legalize Marijuana is Harming America. You heard from Bill. You heard from me. Who got it right? Your phone call's coming up on News Radio 1067. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.